months ago we were preparing for 2018, and now we've run out of 2018. And as I was preparing for today, in, in, in between, you know, coughing and, and, you know, feeling bad about myself, um, it, it, it felt like I, I knew that this year was a huge year. God has been unbelievably faithful to us this year. And on the flip side, I couldn't think of any, like, one particular thing. It all felt a little bit blurry. And so it took me some time to consider, like, what, what exactly has God done this year? And then all of a sudden, things started to percolate to the surface. Let's, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We, we have been able to do an immense amount of infrastructure, uh, you know, upgrades to our church this year because of a very generous gift of a family in our church. And so we were able to update our electrical system. It may not seem like it today, but we actually were able to, um, which brought us into the 21st century. We were also able to replace a 70-year-old heater that our heating guy said, hey, listen, you can't fix this. The next time it breaks, it's done. And we were able to replace that with something that also offered us um, AC, which is great. For those of you who walked in this morning, because when we, we came in this morning, we were shivering. And so we turned it on for like 10 minutes, and I went outside, and all of a sudden I have Robin coming out and going, hey, did you want me to show up to church and have a hot flash? Is that your goal? Okay. So then we went and turned them off. I mean, it's amazing that we can heat or cool this room in 5 to 10 minutes. And here's the craziest part. Our, our electrical bill actually went down when we installed them. So that's just like, yay, God. I, that was unanticipated. Um, we were able to redo the parking lot there so we can use it for another 10 years without it falling apart. We were able to do a ton of landscaping. We were able to redo a ton of rooms around the church. Rooms that had hitherto been used for storage were then turned into rooms that are used for ministry. And there is a ton of ministry that's happening because of that. We had the chaplains from Hogue Hospital using it. We've had trainings up there in the upper room. We use it for prayer. We have youth rooms across the street where junior hires and high schoolers can gather in small groups to, to, to do life together. There is a ton of ministry going on because of the faithfulness of the provision to our church. And I'm grateful for that. But, but then there's also the answered prayers that we've seen this year. And I can think of dozens of them. So let me just share two of them that have to do with ministry. Because we are a church that is about discipleship. And these are two prayers that were specifically discipleship oriented. The first one, Pete and I were talking about uh, desiring to have other voices and other uh, members of the band to lead us in worship. And about... Three or four months ago, we didn't know where they were going to come from. We just began to pray, God, would you raise up, not people who have led worship before, but will you give us opportunity to invite people who may not have had that opportunity, but had that latent gift that we can invite them to develop that and we can disciple them. And all of a sudden, we've had this influx of, of young voices. Last week, we were led by a team of our young adults in worship. And it was beautiful. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We have such a wealth. Uh, of talents in our church that we are beginning to invite into that. So that was an answered prayer. Um, and then another one was about a year ago, I was sitting down with the pastors of Costa Mesa. I do that about a month, every month and a half, we get together for lunch. And I was sharing with them this prayer request. I said, I have taught about 45 times this last year, which as a new pastor was good, but it's not healthy for our church to only hear one voice predominantly. And, and, and even two voices, Jeff and I, that's, I want to raise up other voices. 
I want to have other perspectives within our church. But I don't know where they're going to come from. And I would just ask you guys to pray with me that he would raise up other voices. Well, he not only brought us a couple of guys who have worked as pastors in the, and have now called Lighthouse their home in John Began, Bill Nelson, but we've had the opportunity to disciple and raise up and then you know, bring up several people this year. And Jimmy, you heard last week, he did a fabulous job, um, except for the dad joke that I was like, you can't even call it a dad joke. You're not even a dad yet. Get on it, dude. I'm just saying, you know, you want to have dad jokes, then never mind. You already get that from your parents. Yeah, I know. Heather, I got my own. Come on. I played water polo too. So, um, And then and then we had uh, Gene Getz and uh, Greg Barone. And you might go, well, the Barones moved. I, that was, you know, too bad. And it's like, no, it's not. Because the point of discipleship is to raise people up and equip them so that wherever they go at whatever time God calls them, they will be more prepared to do what he's called them to do than they were when they first came. And I'm so grateful for the year that we got to spend with the Barones because their heart is they're going back to Texas now potentially to plant a church. That's, that's the point of discipleship. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, we also have to recognize though, that this year wasn't all easy. And we've, we've worked through, for some of you, um, really painful physical ailments, cancer, tumors. Some of you have dealt with chronic anxiety and depression, and we've walked with you through that. And, and suicidal thoughts. We've also lost people we loved this year. I can think of specifically Gene Grivey, right? Lloyd Strait, and a number of others in our community that God has taken. And yet here's the thing. Though we grieve their absence, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And that's the thing I love about serving God is that we know that we will see them again. And this is not goodbye. It's just simply we'll see you soon. And... God has also brought to our community a number of people. Now, I want to be really clear about this. We are not a church that focuses on numbers. In fact, we want to stay one service as long as possible because there's something wonderful about being able to be family together all in one, one time. That said, God has been really bringing a lot of people who want to call Lighthouse home this year. Um, and, and, and invited them into this adventure of following him with us. And if you, if you started attending the church just this year, would you just stand up for a moment? This is the interactive portion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that we have had, as, at our, uh, we had something like a hundred, to 150 people begin journeying with us this year. And for a church of 200 to 250, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but again, we are not about numbers. If we are going to grow, our desire is that we grow in depth, in maturity, not just broader. 
And that's what we're going to really focus this next year on. That's what the missional pathway is about, is helping every single person that puts their hand to the plow and says, I'm in, helping every single one of you find your place in this adventure and find your part in helping us continue to make disciples who make disciples. So that's what we're about. So those are just a, a scratching the surface of the things that God has done in our church this year. And yet it's ironic that when I began thinking about it, I couldn't think of any of those things. It was just like, yeah, God has been faithful this year. I don't know how, but he has. <laughs> and the truth is we're just a forgetful people, aren't we? I don't think I'm alone in this. We tend to be forgetful. We tend to focus on the issue that is in front of us and it eclipses everything else until we find a solution to that issue. And then it's behind us and we move on and we get focused on the next issue. But before we beat ourselves up too much about this, we need to remember that we are from a long line of forgetful people. Take the Israelites, for instance. Here's a people who watched as God showed up more powerfully than I think any of us could ever say that we've seen him, right? He, they watched as God took a bunch of, uh, of, of plagues, each one of them targeting a different God of the Egyptian pantheon, and he so humbled the Pharaoh that ultimately he brought the most powerful ruler in the world to his knees to the point where he let his slave labor go. And God, in doing so, redeemed his people out of slavery. And he began to lead them towards the promised land that he had promised hundreds of years before that he would give them. But when Pharaoh realized what he'd just done and decided, no, I'm not going to let him go, I'm going to stop him. God parted the waters of the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. And when the most powerful army in the world at that time tried to bring them back, God brought the waters back together and decimated it. And I can only imagine what it would have been like to be one of the Israelites standing on the shore of the Red Sea that day, looking out at the bits of Detrius from the, the destroyed Egyptian army floating on the surface of the Red Sea. And just thinking to yourself, dang, my God is bigger than any God there is. Don't mess with my God. And yet, the moment they pivoted and turned, in, walked into the wilderness, they very, very quickly forgot about what God had done moments before. The moment their stomachs began to rumble, they began to grumble began to, God, did you bring us out here to die? I mean, remember what it was like back in Egypt? Back when we had, we sat around pots of meat, you know, and they began to romanticize slavery. And yet God showed up even in the midst of their forgetfulness. He began to provide manna in the morning and quail at night. He made sure that their clothes didn't wear out. He provided water gushing in the, in the midst of the desert out of rocks. He provided their sustenance. Yet again, they saw his faithfulness. And so then they came to the border of another area, the promised land. And he said, I'm going to give this to you. I promise to give this to you. And yet the moment that they see that there's giants living in the land... Their fear of the giants eclipsed their faith in their God. And yet again, they backed away and they were scared. And they began to go, God, did you bring us here to kill us at the hands of these unwashed Philistines? We come from a long, illustrious line of forgetful people, which is why we need 
days like today. We need to pause from time to time and take stock of what God has done. We need to remember his faithfulness behind us so that when we come face to face with new obstacles that seem insurmountable, we will remember they may be insurmountable to us, but they're not to our Father God. And so one of the things that God would have the Israelites do from time to time, and he did at one point when they finally entered into the promised land um, under the the leadership of a relatively young, relatively inexperienced leader named uh, Joshua, is that he... He told them to pause as as he once again parted the waters of the Jordan River, just as he had done with the waters uh, of the Red Sea. He once again parted the waters so that they could walk through on dry ground. But this time, this time he told Joshua, have one member of every tribe of the Israelites pick up a stone from the middle of this river and carry it with you because I have a purpose for it. And and he explains the purpose for those stones in Joshua chapter 4. Because he took those stones and they piled them up and they made an altar, what we know as an Ebenezer. Which means to remember. And and this is Joshua's explanation for what this, this stack of rocks was for. He said, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them this, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord, your God dried up the Jordan river before you until you'd crossed over the Lord, your God did this to the Jordan exactly as he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth, not just you, not just your kids, but all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Fear doesn't mean terror. It means a reverential respect for the fact that he is God and we are not. And when you fear something, have a reverential right attitude towards it, you begin to order your life around it as opposed to demanding that it orders its life around you. The same way that if you're driving across train tracks and you see the train coming, hopefully you have a reverential respect for the power of that train and you won't try to cross over and make it go around you. Right? The stack of stones was a tangible reminder for the Israelites so that generations later... When the kids looked at that stack of stones, that Ebenezer, they, what, what, what's that about? They would have a reason to say, let me tell you what that's about. Let me tell you how our God has been faithful. And if you read through the rest of the Old Testament and even the New Testament, that season of walking through the wilderness when God showed up powerfully was kept coming up again and again and again. That season that I'm sure the Israelites would have loved to just avoid altogether, would not have wanted to experience when they were in the midst of it, that season became the most defining season of their entire identity, right? It became the foundation of the Israelites' identity. We are a forgetful people, and we too need to pause from time to time and stack stones, which is why you have been given these stones. We're going to stack them in a little bit. But before we get there, as we do each year at this time, we are going to pause and we're going to give 15, 20 minutes for some of you to share how God has been faithful to you. I want you to consider for a moment, what does this stone represent to you this year? Come on up, Pepe. What does this stone represent? 
Is it a prayer that he answered? Is it something he did unexpectedly that you didn't even know to pray for? Is it a word that he's given you? Is it a relationship that he has been healing or he is in the process of healing? What, how has God been faithful to you this year? And, and Jeff is going to come around with the mic. Here's my one request. We have a number of people, I'm sure, that would like to share. And so if you would just keep it to one to two minutes, we want to hear what these stones represent for you. But we want to give a lot of people an opportunity. So, who'd like to share God's faithfulness? I want to share. <laughs> Stephen, right here in front of me, perfect. Over the last three years, God has really brought me into a, an understanding of what this phrase is. Mm-hmm. Over the last year, has uh, turned me around from performance to really love. I love that. Thank you for sharing, Stephen. This is when it gets ugly if you don't. Move. All right. She'll come to you. And by ugly, I still mean lovely, but you get to hear me and Eric talk. Calling me ugly? Okay. Um, so Don and I, you know, God gave us um, this love for Costa Rica years ago. And you guys know we've taken a couple mission trips down there. And I've always had this strong desire, you know, it would be great to be able to be there more than just a week. And I, unfortunately, I still have to work full time and I have a really demanding job. And after our last mission trip, um, we were just, we, I had the nerve to go to my boss and say, you know, how could I work remotely down there? And that's unheard of in my company. They never do anything like that. And after about a month of meetings and all kinds of things, they came back and they said, we'll let you do it for two months a year. So we are leaving in about a week and a half to go down there for about two months. Don's going to be there two and a half months. Don's going to be doing mission work there with some of the churches that we met on our trips and orphanages. And I'll be working full time, but I'll still be able to work with the church there. And that's an example of kind of what Eric said about something comes out of left field because it was like the God, God just opened the doors more than I could have ever imagined or asked or thought. And um, so I'm just, this is like my dream come true. I'm so excited for this opportunity and how the Lord made it happen. Don's also going to be Papa to Lauren, one of our young adults who's going to be down there teaching at the preschool for a full year as well. So he gets to go practice some new skills. Hi, Cheryl. I don't have much of a voice this morning. I just want to let you know how amazing God has been to work through mentors, people, missionaries, missionaries like you to touch my life. And he gave me stage one cancer. That was my Christmas present. Jeff, don't move okay. on. Cheryl, yeah. can you stand up? And if, if you guys are here. near Cheryl, if, Cheryl, can you stand up for a moment? We're going to be family right now. Um, and I would imagine you may need to do this a couple of times. If you are sitting or around Cheryl, would you just come over here? We're going to lay hands on her. We're going to pray before we move on. Nancy, I'll come back to you. The 
me get to see Father God in heaven. I just come before you right now, and I just thank you for who Cheryl is and, and just what she means to this church. I know there's a lot of people that have been through a lot of different things with even some people in the staff that have gone through stuff like this, but I know that right now this is a heavy burden on Cheryl's heart, and so we just come before you as a body of believers, and we lift our dear sister up to you. And, Father, we ask that you make provisions for her that you have made provisions for so many others. Father, if not, we ask that you give her the strength, the perseverance, and just the ability of the Lord to be in this situation, regardless of its uh, difficulty and whether or not we've been through it before. It's unique to Cheryl. And we pray that you would just be with her and John in this situation. You strengthen their marriage, their relationship. And and also, Father, just strengthen her testimony to those around her. Father, we know that she loves you. We know that she's a committed follower. And we know that all things can work together for those who trust the Lord. But sometimes in the midst of adversity, um, it's hard to see those waypoints. It's hard to see those anchors in our lives. So I pray that Lighthouse can continue to be that anchor for her, that this community of believers can continue to come around her. And, Father, if you so find it in your will, Father, that just by lifting this situation up, that there would be mercy in it, Father. And we pray that right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ, that there would be mercy and healing beyond medical comprehension. Because Cheryl is a loved daughter of yours, and because we know that uh, we have not, because we ask not. So at this time, we come to you with open hands and our dear sister and simply ask that you would be in this situation and show just how magnificent and wonderful and loving you are. If not, Father, we'll stand with her and we'll walk through it together. We do it all and say it all in the precious name above all names, your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Nancy, and then I'll come right. Um, Sheila, I'll come back to you in a second. Hi. Um, for the last year plus, I've had some pretty serious health issues. And I'm happy to report that God is healing me because for the last month or six weeks, I felt remarkably better. Amen. Amen. All right, Sheila, I can do and then, and then Jeff, who is sick, hugs you. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, I'm only sick because this church is a giving church. And by giving, I mean staff that shares food resources together. Yeah, if you guys would have seen us, I'll come right back to you, Bella. Hi, Sheila. Hi. Well, I just want to tell everyone, Pastor Eric, Jeff, I have attended a church for over 23 years in Huntington Beach. But when my dear friend John Began came to preach, I'm very close to him and his wife Jackie, as I am Bill Nelson. And I had a recent conversation with Tony that I told him how, after just coming here a few times, I'm so nervous. My heart is so touched by this church. All the young people, the families. Kathy had a wonderful conversation with her. And Tony reminded me of something that Pastor Eric has just mentioned. God did not intend us to stay in one place. We are disciples, and it is up to us to bring people forward. I have a son that is not a believer that I pray for constantly, my son Ryan. My husband and I have been together for 33 years, and what I have been witnessing here, the husband's arm around his wife, the children, is something I didn't have in my first marriage. So I want to cut it off right here. I love this church. 
and I'm proud to call it my home. Thank you. We're glad to have you and glad to have your son and daughter with him. Bella? Um, at my school, I'm the president of a club called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I've been the president of it since freshman year. I'm now in senior year, and I've been praying about this for the last year because I've been getting really burnt out doing it for the last four years, and I've been praying to God, I need someone else to take charge because I can't do this anymore. And I Ever since my sophomore year, I've been sharing my testimony at least once a year, where I go up in front of my school and I share my life story and God's involvement of it. And I remember last year, there was a boy who came to talk to me, and he said, thank you for sharing this. And I didn't think much of it at the time. I was just like, I'm glad someone got something out of it. Well, a couple months ago, I I just couldn't go back to my club. I, I stepped out completely. I told my club leaders, I just can't be here right now. I need some time to take for myself. And I started going back a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, the same boy who I had shared my testimony for walked up, and he's the new real leader. He's trying to lead for himself, and he started for the first time. He came to speak for the class, and he said, a year ago, I came here for the first time, and there was a girl who shared her life story, and that got me to keep going. And it's really cool now, because I know that God was answering that prayer, because I can finally step back and let him take charge, knowing that he used me to help that boy so that boy can help other people. I love that. Thank you, Bella. Did you guys want to get Tracy to join up? Um, the thing I want to focus on and remember from 2018 is just God's faithfulness. He's been faithful to my family so much, and so much healing has gone on this year, and the biggest thing of his faithfulness was leading me to a new job that really allowed me to appreciate my family and get to spend more time with my family. And a lot of people in this church have been praying for my career because God has definitely put me in a missionary pathway to lead children, but it, it's, it can burden you when it's, when you get burned out and you need to be encouraged and filled up. And God has led me to a career where I can still do his work and bring his message into um, the lives of so many more kids and also still get to really just be faithful to how he wants to use me. So I'm so great. I'm so grateful for that. And so all of you have been praying for that. So thank you. Rebecca, I'll come right back to you. And then I don't want to not look left, but I'll be back there in one second. I, I'm standing, yeah. I think that, is it better for me to stand? Okay. You want to hold oh, on? She, she can hold it. I'm allowed to hold it. I have stepped up. I Come have on. to hold it. <laughs> my name's Nancy, and my husband, Derek, is right here, and our son, Michael. And Michael, this year, turned 50, mm. which isn't a big deal, except he, we were told the day he was born that he'd never lived through the first night. Wow. So talk about faithfulness. God has been faithful. And on, tap, on top of that, Michael lives at home. He is very much a part of our family, even though he can't walk or talk. He does let everybody know what he thinks. <laughs> and I want to thank the Lord for the faithfulness of Derek, who is there to be the arms and the legs, to lift Michael, to feed him, to do all those things, because I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But God had a plan, and I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Michael.
And I, and I can personally attest that you both have been called to ministry, but God has also called Michael, and he has used Michael powerfully to advance your um, fingerprints in, in loving people to Christ. So I'm grateful for him. Very grateful for him. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Um, I just want to say I've been coming here for two years. Um, the first day that I walked in, it, I knew this is where my family belonged, well, me and my kids. Um, the first year was, I've kind of, we kind of felt like we were distant from the church. And I have to say this past year, um, with, there's so many people that I can name that have actually, you know, come forward to us, called us, kept in touch. Pastor Jeff did not let me become a lost sheep. I can say that. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you to God because if it wasn't for this church and all the people that have showed us the love, then honestly, I would not know where I would be today. Okay, left side, I'll get back to you guys. Let me get Corey. Hello, I'm Corey. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm very thankful. Um, God was so merciful and loving and giving, and he answered the prayer that many the church family and my family had that I get a new liver and it was provided I'm so thankful for everyone and their support God is so merciful and I'm very thankful Amen We're so thankful. Amen oh, um, I'll come to you guys through Merv alright I got this I'm moving quick hi Merv Hi, I'm Merv Grivey, and I've been blessed with uh, so many that have, since I broke my leg, that have come by to visit me at, in rehab. And and uh, even after that, uh, all the brothers had just all stepped up and, and uh, wanted to take me to, to the doctor or take me to get more rehab. And, and those that came by and brought us goodies that uh, helped me gain some more weight. And just uh, <laughs> all in all, uh, I just thank you for all of those that, the love that is shown from our brothers and sisters in Christ here. I've been here a long time, and it just keeps getting better. Amen. That's because you're here too, Murph. Thank you. All right, Bundys, I'm coming. Which one's going first, Papa Bear? Okay. Are you going to talk too? No, it's me. Okay, never mind. Um, many of you know that my, my parents um, passed away. And uh, this last quarter of the last year was kind of a surprise for my dad and not so much a surprise for my mom. But it was it was just an incredible time uh, for our family to be gathered together and to remember the legacy of a man that had put God first in his heart and mind and was a discipler of men and was very involved in that. And as I look to the, the future, where the next legacy, the next chapter and... God has just been so gracious in providing not only the uh, just the means for closing out their lives with the memories of, of a lot of you. Many of you know him. And uh, I just wanted to uh, publicly thank God for what he did uh, through a man that had committed his life uh, to, to really follow after God's heart. Mm-hmm. I'm over here. <laughs> Um, well, that was one of the first things that came to mind, too, was during that whole process. We were blown away as a family because, yes, we were in shock, but I have this 
piece of paper that was in my purse, and we couldn't write the things down fast enough for God's provision. And the details and the timing, and even though it was shocking, everything that was happening, um, Mark, Tim's brother, made a comment that we were having to run as fast as we could to keep up with what God was doing through this. And it was unbelievable. So the peace that we had, and even for our boys. But also, this last year was like a new chapter for me. Here I am, 53. Hello. Um, starting my first year teaching in a Christian school and the way he provided that and just the challenge that it is, but feel like I'm being used again in a different way. Amen. That's awesome. Oh, Cheyenne. Cheyenne has good news. Uh, hi, I'm Cheyenne. My husband, Ben, is up in the sound booth. Um, we started going here in June, we moved down from the LA area and I was, I had applied for a dream job basically and I didn't get it. And at the time I was angry and questioned the Lord's faithfulness a lot. Um, but he brought me to a job that is not necessarily the job I would have chosen for myself, but, um, it was a steady job, steady hours. I also got really good uh, insurance, which is really good now because we're expecting our first child. So, See, I knew that. I knew that, but I couldn't share that with you. Jimmy, I'm so Heather, excited. That's how it's done. I'll come here and I got you your next week. Jimmy, don't worry about it. You're good. That are um, Nana Carol and Papa Tim moved here. Yes, they did. And get to live with us. We love them, too. They're very nice. Good job, buddy. Cherise? Um, God has been so faithful to us. Um, but what I want to share is that I, I've i been praying a lot about my health. And um, God showed me that I have an emotional um, attachment to food. And so I've been working on that with God's help. And between the two of us, my husband and I, we've... He's lost 20, and I've lost 50 pounds, so thanks. Congratulations. Ed, congratulations. You know, between Jeff and I, we found most of them. Yeah, I was going to say. have them back. <laughs> between the donut ministry here, I've definitely made my... All right, Thomas. We've lost 30. I did, and she's lost about 20, so we're with you. We'll pray about that. And I do like food. Um for the last three years, I have had the privilege of being on the board of elders, and I want to tell you, this is a blessed place. I've watched so many blessings take place in so many of you's lives. We have the privilege every Wednesday morning and and of praying for the needs of the church. And I've and I'll tell you, I I don't miss that. Even with work, I've, I'm here because it's gotten me to know a lot of you a lot better than I would have if we weren't praying for you. And I want to tell you, you're loved. You have a group of elders and group of men and women that love to, to kneel and pray for you. And so we've, I'm thankful to be a part of uh, I have a heart condition, and I went to the guy here about two months ago, and he said, I'll see you in a year. So whatever that, I don't have a pacemaker, but they got this funny little thing stuck in here that they can track you wherever you go. That's not so good sometimes, but. It's a low jack. Yes, it is. It's a low jack. And. And I forgot that I had it and forgot the, the, the thing that goes with it. So I had the most fantastic pat down at the airport when I went through and the thing went off. So now I remember. But it's amazing how God will touch you and heal you 
and he's done just that. But I want to just say, for this church, we are blessed with two pastors. This guy is a miracle worker. He doesn't want me to say anything, but I'm going to do it anyway. And he came alongside Eric, and we are so blessed to have this team. Don puts in a million hours a week. We are so blessed with men and women in this church. We have a young lady over here that's been a big help to make this place look like a, a million bucks, and we thank you for that, young lady. And so we have a lot of people that have taken and just put a lot of time in here. And I am so glad to be. I'm going off the board of elders, but I'm just thankful at this age I was able to make it clear through the third year, you know. So thank you for all of you. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Uh, you're pointing. Oh, Terry, we got team Phipps. I'm just so blessed. This has been actually one of the best years of my life. And although Tom has had a very, very hard year starting December last year, what had happened because of it is he'd go to work and then he'd come home and he was so tired that we'd just eat dinner and go to bed early. And we spent the whole year basically alone, just spending our weeks being together and growing closer and closer. We've been empty nesters now just a few years. And it's really a shame that we have to get old in order to have this kind of peace that passes all understanding and the joy that we feel in just togetherness and with our friends and family and the love we feel from this church and our friends and family. And we are just so blessed. Even through the, we've had the hard times early on. And this year, other than him having that, we've had a blessed, blessed year. And that's really amazing. Stay right here. I'm not staying. Well, my name is Jimmy, and there's been a couple blessings in my life. Uh, uh, one of which is my family. I love my family so much. Um, this church has been an incredible blessing. I've been blessed by so many of you. Um, the staff of this church has blessed my life and so many lives that it's it just, if you, you couldn't even measure it if you were able to, it would just go too far. Um, but one very huge blessing in my life has been our youth group. I love, I love our youth group so much. I think the world of you guys. And you guys are just, you, you amaze me sometimes. <laughs> when, not all the time. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah. <clears throat> but the thing is, you guys come. And when Heather and I are praying for you guys and really kind of pouring into studying to see how best we can give the word to you guys. It's really us that's blessed because of you. And so I, I am just so excited to see you guys grow into the, the individuals that you will become one day. And I just, I think the world of you guys. So thank you guys. You are my blessing. <clears throat> thank you. Um, oh, Wendy, and then I'm going to, we'll jump back into communion here. And, oh, hi, Wendy. Well, I want to thank um, Michelle, who runs the children's ministry. 
uh, I uh, made a commitment to go down to Huntington Beach and pick up my grandson to bring him back up here for Sunday school. But with school starting and everything, um, it really didn't fall into place this fall. But I'm praying that in the new year I'll be able to do that. But I uh, brought him to Vacation Bible School. And I grew up in a Baptist church in Chicago that kind of looks like this church. It was a little bit bigger, North Shore Baptist Church. And um, I remember as a kid, a long time ago, going to vacation Bible school. And it was such a blessing. And so I would, I'm just thankful that there were five days of a lot of fun for my grandson, who um, lives next door in Huntington Beach, but that I could bring him here. It was just a wonderful, fun time. And I worked and volunteered to help with the, the crafts, too. So I just want to thank, we have a wonderful children's ministry and the seeds that are planted. And even though my grandson doesn't go to church, well, actually, his and his um, great aunt comes sometimes, too, but here, which is a blessing. The other thing is that my youngest daughter, I have five kids, um, completed officer training school in Quantico, and she was gone most of this, well, most of this year. And um, her name's Emily, um, and I'm really proud of her because she went from being enlisted to becoming an officer in the Marine Corps. And it was quite a, uh, it was for me as a mother, uh, it was it was quite a prayer uh, challenge to continue to pray for her. So I just ask that you continue to pray for Emily and her husband Jameson, who's also in the Marine Corps, and they're stationed in Yuma. So thank you. Unless I miss someone who's absolutely has to speak, um, I wanted to share something with you before communion. Um, this year, for me, it's been awesome just because Eric and I get to finish with our frog voices, which is nice. My wife says, it sounds so good, and then I sing, and it sounds so not good. So um, I won't be singing for you today. But I can tell you this, that... Um, 25, 30 years in ministry is a lot of time to spend, but one year of ministry at Lighthouse is better than a lifetime of 25 years away from this place. It has been the most gratifying year of ministry in my entire life, and I've had some good runs and seen some big things, but the one thing I would tell you as a church is not only did the light come back on on our steeple, but it really feels for me like this church has embraced the simple church mentality. I mean, from people who come here at 7 o'clock in the morning and bring donuts every single Sunday so that Eric and I and some others can be well-fed, to some of the older guys who chug those coffee pots across the street week after week, to people who labor behind the scenes tirelessly to be the number two or number three administrators in life, to be support staff, to be whatever role players needed, to being the person that can come alongside and pray for someone who's going through adversity, to have staff say, hey, look, someone's in the hospital, who can cover? And having a myriad of people say, I'll cover, go. How much time do you need is never a question that's even asked. It's just go, spend as much time as possible to running down fellow church members in the 99 cent store and terrorizing them. It's just a cool little town. It's a cool little place. But Lighthouse, I just want to tell you something. If you continue to embrace the simple church, just love God, love one another, and do as the Lord has commissioned us, then the light's not just going to be on on our steeple anymore. It's going to be on in our lives. And in working kind of with the police department recently, 
Um, it's brought to mind a new word for me, and the word is comms. They talk about comms all the time, C-O-M-M-S, comms. And without comms, there's nothing. Do you guys know what comms are? Communication. And it's so cool because then I started thinking about this. I'm going to come up and do communication. I'm doing communication, communion. The root word of communion is calm. It's that same mentality. And then I started thinking about our purpose statement and all the other things that God has put. To bring people to Christ, to make disciples who love God, love one another, and love what? Their community. And all of a sudden, I was just so blown away. Like, you know when you have that head cold and you're on enough medication, you're, but you're barely hanging on, and you're like, this is a total revelation for the Lord. I mean, I'm, I, when I get it, I get it good. And so my wife is down, my daughter's in the ER, everyone's down, and I'm like, I got you, E. We, we got this whole thing. And I was like, but I got nothing for, for communion. And then I just sat down with the Lord last night, and I started praying. I like to pray... Um, the psalm, you know, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. It's just Bible verse, but you can just sing it to the Lord. And I was singing it in my Kermit the Frog voice. And I was just laughing. I was just like, you know, for me, the, that, that childlike voice, I love the Rainier family. I always tell them, I'm telling you publicly, I love you guys because the voices that you hear in here, the baby voices, the elderly voices, the, all the voices, that is such a rarity in church anymore, right? But that's simple church. It's communication with one another. It's honesty. It's transparency. It's openness. And I started thinking about that from communication, community, which leads to what? Commitment. All based on calm. All based on this understanding. And so because I don't think we take it seriously enough, I looked up the word communion as a verb. And this is what it says. To converse with or talk together, usually with profound intensity, intimacy, in order, in order to exchange thoughts or feelings. And doesn't that just wake up in your head? Like, I mean, we, we get the blessing of doing communion with the Lord as a community of believers, common union, as us together. And that's not what the world has right now. I mean, if you look anywhere outside of the church, there's no unity left anywhere. Can't we all get along? No, no one's getting along anywhere. But for a church to come together young and old and in between, in process, wherever we are with the Lord. And the, this church and the staff and the elders, and it's not just one or two of us. It, it's kind of a common front for all of us. We come alongside of people as is and just love on you because that's how God is loving on us. And I think that's kind of the greatest thing that Lighthouse has to offer. You know, there's not a lot of 1949 churches left in this town. There's not a lot of 1949 churches left in the United States. But the reason why this church is not only standing strong, but people are donating so that it, the building can be maintained, so it can continue to do ministry, is because we've embraced something really simple, communication with God. We have a living, breathing relationship with the Lord of our lives. Amen? And because of that, we're not in a religion. We're not a religious denomination. I'm so grateful for that, that we don't have that. We are a relationship-based Family that has an opportunity to invite other people in and say, come walk with us as we walk with the Lord. As your kidney transplant, as your cancer, as whatever you go through. And some have already had success against those things and some have struggled with it. But we struggle together. And in that, that's what makes us strong. And that's what I wanted to share with you, kind of the thought as you kind of give you a moment to prepare your heart to take communion.
When you come up to take communion, if you want to, you can kind of just stack your stones in this general area here. I'm going to move away from the front. Stack your stones, kind of come by and get hey, your hey, communion. Jeff, yes. Let's have them do it at the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross. Okay, so if you come this way, you can stack on that side. If you come this way, you can stack on that side. And if you come this way, just pick a side. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm also going to have some of the elders come up and serve. Um, let's see who's up front here. Tom and Terry, I see you guys. Randy, can you guys go to the right? And who's in the back? John, is there any other elders back there? Can you go in the back? Is Kathy with you? Grab someone if not. I'm going to give you all a moment to just have a bit of preparation time because I don't think communion is the kind of thing you want to take when you haven't been thinking about it. The Bible says that when we take it, we should take it with a heart that's... Happy birthday, Sam. And we should take it with a heart that's uh, grateful. So let, let me just offer you the, a moment to just contemplate, think supplicate on who the Lord is and what he's done in your life in 2018, and then maybe just make this one consideration. You know, fads, food diets, all these things, it's amazing. We have people in the church who are having success with that. How about just simple commitment for 2019? Read your Bible daily, pray more than you do now, and share your faith with someone else. Just get back to the basics of what God is doing. I think if we can all just kind of do that, not only will Lighthouse continue to grow, but God will continue to move in such a way that we all know that in this place we've been blessed. I'm going to give you a moment to, to think about that. Father God, I just thank you for what has been another amazing year. An amazing year because we still stand here this morning in front of you and have the opportunity to look back. And there's others that started this year with us that are no longer here. So it's just a simple reminder that every day is a privilege to serve, not an obligation. Father, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would cleanse our hearts and our minds of situations and scenarios. If there's any injustice in our heart, if there's any wrongs that are coming to mind, Father, I pray that you would give us the ability to not only reconcile that situation, but reconcile it today. Father, I pray for the new year, and I pray for the opportunity that the kingdom of God can increase. I know that there are difficult times. I know that people want their ears to be tickled. But, Father, I pray that the truth of God would permeate everything that we say and everything that we do, Father, that your spirit would break down the walls of resistance that exist even within our own lives. Father, we're so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, and the amazing gift of salvation. I pray, Father, that it changes our perspective from one of I have to go to church, and I have to tithe, and I have to serve, and I have to do this to, I get to, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, Father, for all the different things that you've done right in front of me. I mean, directly in front of our past, 
But you did the same things in front of Israel's path, and they too forgot. So I pray as every year we stop and try to look back, I pray, Father, that you would honor that, that you would remind us who we are and what we've been through and how faithfully you have walked with us. Be with us this morning as we commune with you. Intimately, our loving Father who has a relationship with us as is. May we be considered good and faithful children. And may you find joy in us as we continue to find our hope in you. Father, we do it all and we say it all in the precious name above all names, your son, Jesus Christ, and all his people said. At this time, I invite you to come forward and take communion. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered together his group and he talked to them about something they held in common. And after he had prayed, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body for you, given as a sacrifice. As often as you do this and whenever you do this, remember this one thing. It's for you. And they took and they ate. In the same way, when he was done, he passed the cup. And he said, friends, this is my blood. It's given for you. And as often as you take this, remind yourself that it was given freely for you. For the remission of our sins, we take and we drink this cup. I'm going to take the offering and conclude this time together. And I just want to tell you, if you're new here and this is your first time, then praise God. I hope that you can come back and be part of Lighthouse for 2019. But you can feel free to let the table, this um, offering pass. This is basically for our church members, for people who call Lighthouse their home. And as you guys continue to pray about what God is going to do for you, give me a moment to pray for this offering. I thank you for spending this time with us this year. But I tell you guys, the best is always yet to come. Because this is not our home. It's coming. Father God, we thank you for another amazing year. We thank you for the faithfulness of your servants. Father, we lift this offering up to you. And we thank you for those that have poured out with their tithes and offerings to this place. And we know that you will continue to bless them, Father. Father, will you be with us this day as we look to you to continue to lead us into 2019. As the pillar of fire that led Israel, Father, may we remember where we've come from and where it is you would have us to go. Go, make, teach, baptize. Keep it simple, I pray, Father, in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.